Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyers Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, post up together. Who's ready to hear an inspirational weight loss surgery story? That's why we're here. (laughs) And today we're talking to Gina. I'm so glad we got to sit with you and chat with you. I'm actually in Italy. So we're like, oh, wow. Seven hours ahead of you. So it's been hard trying to schedule things. Oh, Um, I bet. Wow. Yeah. It's been crazy. But what's it like over there? It's like 30 something degrees, but there's no snow. Well, that's good at least. Yeah. I'm in a town called Fontana Freda. There's a statue here. The water flows nonstop from a spring. So it's like forever fountain, Italy. Tomorrow we're heading to Germany and then Paris. Are you just there on vacation? I have a son who's in the military and his wife. And so I came down and my husband is in the military. and He's deployed to the border right now. My other boys are already big. And it was like, I'm going to go and spend some time in Italy for a couple of months. Nothing know? wrong with that. I mean, we're supposed, we were supposed to go to Italy. Um, oh God, two years ago for our honeymoon. So it was supposed to be October of 2020. And obviously because of COVID, it was all canceled. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we were going on a cruise to Italy and Greece and Turkey and all this stuff. And so it was rescheduled for this year and then canceled again. So now yeah. we're rescheduled again for next year. So next, uh, supposedly next September we're going, uh, yeah. if everything goes through correctly. Uh, but I'm Italian. So my, my oh. big dream is to, is to visit there so that I, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, that's all. You'll be able to talk Italian. I um, hope so. You know, it's really hard because I talk Spanish, but it's, I can catch a few words. It's a but... little similar Spanish, slightly. Yeah. You can catch. I remember when I took Spanish class um, and my aunt spoke Italian. So uh, some words translated or kind of crossed over. Some didn't. Um, they end in different. I remember her. What was mm-hmm. it? Like, que hora es? Was like, what time is it? And I think Italian was que hora es? Like sometimes you can catch some weird things. I'm probably saying it completely incorrect. I just offended all the Italian community. Um, (laughs) But uh, somehow I just remember her saying some things were easier to understand than than others uh, in terms of it crossing over. It's tricky. And so the traveling's a little iffy with COVID. You know, you have to get your test 24 hours before your flight. Sometimes they randomly check you at the border gate in London was harder to get through the check, but in Madrid was harder to get through because of the COVID and checks and all the paperwork that you have to have. It just depends on where you're at. It's crazy. Isn't just travel is so uncertain and crazy right now. So, well, at least you're, you're getting through it. I mean, you're going to have a great memory of all this and experience. So yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I've seen your Instagram. I love on your info at the top. It says the obesity survivor. And I really <laughs> like that. I think I've never seen that before. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know, I think we, how to put it lightly, I think we underestimate obesity as a disease. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people really talk about it in that form enough. Um, and I am a survivor of it because I think if I didn't do anything to 
take care of uh, things, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. And things probably would have led me to my to my grave. So I, I do I do consider myself a, a survivor of obesity. Absolutely. And a lot of us should. There's so many medical problems that people have and this saves lives. It's not just mm -hmm. doing it out of vanity or, oh, we want to be skinny <laughs> or taking the easy way out or anything like that. We're trying to get healthy and save our lives. Absolutely. And I think really it does get that. misconstrued. It really mm -hmm. does. And I think, yeah, is there some part of vanity in there? You know, when I was 310 pounds and I say, oh, how great it would be to be a size, whatever, what, you know, of course there's some level of, of, uh, I guess, uh, the dream, part of it, that, that vanity part, but it, it really comes down to living your life and extending your life and uh, quality of life, right? When you're at such a large weight, there, there is a hindrance of quality of life. So it does come down to health and um, taking these extreme measures to take your life back because this is pretty extreme, probably the most extreme one can get in terms of um, weight loss, right? Yes, ma'am. Can you give me your stats? I think people pre-op want to hear that. Everybody's pre-op and everybody's done it. We search the web. We look at numbers because we want to lose the weight. We look for those numbers. They started at this and they did the surgery and now they're at this number and it gives you hope. They do. And I think even when I was pre-op, numbers were very important and mm -hmm. the scale is very important. And you, you, you kind of uh, alluded to that, that over time, that relationship with the scale uh, does get better and it does, and it should fade. You really shouldn't have a unhealthy relationship with a three digit number. And, but in the beginning, it, you really truly are attached to attached to it because let's face it, a lot of programs you have to lose uh, to get approved for the surgery. If we're talking numbers, my highest weight recorded by my doctor was 310 pounds. And I think my BMI might've been 55. It was pretty, it was pretty high. When I went through the six-month dietary program with my hospital, which is required to have the surgery, um, I had lost 45 pounds. So the day of surgery, I think I was 265. And then um, my lowest, rate, lowest weight recorded was 149. And uh, that was pretty low for me. And I, I didn't quite enjoy that weight at all. So I got back to about 155 before I started um, bodybuilding and getting into the gym. And now I'm between 169 and 172 regularly. And I'm pretty happy with where, with where I'm at at this point in time. And oh, that that's including, sounds amazing. I mean, body composition is a whole other conversation in terms of the weight that I've put back on and kind of how it's distributed in terms of bodybuilding. So I'm pretty much the same size as I was at 155. Um, but the body has altered in, in, in different ways due to the gym, but I'm pretty happy. I've been in maintenance for well over a year now and it's, wow. it's wonderful. It's crazy to me how we can put you at say 155, not lifting weights, but or <laughs> 175 lifting weights, how you're muscle tone, your skin, how everything just, how you're technically bigger, but you yeah. look so much better. Your posture's better. Your it's crazy. Energies, it's so amazing how much weight training changes your whole, everything, just everything. My husband has me doing, well, he's gone now, but we were doing weight training and CrossFit before he left. And I feel 
better when I lift weights or deadlift or whatever it is I'm doing. I just, I feel stronger. I posture is better. I just, I walk. It's funny how when you go lifting, is it, or it could just be me, but (laughs) when I'm lifting weights and I go to the store or something, I just walk so much more prouder and it's like, you feel stacked, right? You're like, Hey, now I, I feel, feel like, stacked and jacked. I yeah. Know. I got muscle. I feel, <laughs> I just deadlifted 165 pounds. I feel strong. And it's just, and it, it, changes it changes your, your whole, mentality. It does. And I have loved that. Um, I, I found a love for it. I didn't think I would like it, but I always say, try everything once. You don't know if you're going to like it or not. And I really did enjoy that. Um, that me time at the gym. And I also enjoyed how it was changing my body and it, it helped me get away from that three digit number to help that relationship with the scale, because I kind of was a scale whore, like every day, three times a day, kind of bad relationship with it. And that's not good. It's not healthy. And I suffer from body dysmorphia. So that coupled with the scale and all these other factors just wasn't, um, mentally healthy for me. And I think bodybuilding gave me the chance to look at other numbers, um, in terms of like, you know, muscle mass and body fat percentage and really how, like you said, I can be 15, 20 pounds heavier than I was, you know, say two years ago, but I look so much better and I'm almost the exact same size just in the weight has been distributed. So it it really does help the brain heal that, that bad relationship with, with the scale. But of course, in the beginning, I don't want to put anyone down. You should be a little attached to the scale. That's normal. And it's, uh, it's part of the process. So it is all a process. It is all a journey. I can't get over how good you look. You, you just, you're beautiful. You're, <laughs> you're, you're so sweet. Your Thank skin, you. skin, your posture. I mean, you just, it's amazing to me, whole mindset and just joy and happiness. And you can see it because it comes across in the pictures, I think. And it's just, it comes it's from the, within from people, yeah, right? The transformation like you can just see it is amazing. Your handle is fat to fab <laughs> underscore RNY. Everybody go check her page out. Give her a follow. I just cannot tell you. This girl is just beautiful and amazing and inspirational. I went through your Instagram and <laughs> checked everything out. Proud of that. your journey. And I inspire to have a tenth of that. Just a piece of that. Because it's just... <laughs> And I try to envision what it will be like. <laughs> you can't over obsess about it either. Like, yeah. oh, I just want it off right now. I just, I want <laughs> it off, you know, and it's not happening. It's not happening fast enough. And we get frustrated. I mean, at least I do. And like, I'm in oh, a God, stall. I think everyone, everyone it's, goes through them. The stalls are so normal. And yeah. I try to tell people all the time, don't get, it, it's hard to tell someone, don't get crazy about it because I was crazy about it too. You know, I think mm-hmm. we all have those mm-hmm. moments of it's, is it working? Did I make the right decision? Um, you know, and I, you can't make someone, you can't bring someone to your level because they're going through a whole different situation, right? So yeah, five months yeah. versus say five years, it's, it's apples and oranges yeah, really. So yeah. you should be experiencing what you're experiencing. And so it's, it's validated um, that you're nervous and you can't see that far out or you're yeah. going through a stall. It, it's so, it's so normal. Um, and it's frustrating. So there's no two ways, no two ways around it for sure. Yeah. I, I actually just had to put my scale away and then my husband leaving and then me coming up here and my son and his wife don't have a scale. And I'm like, <laughs> 
oh, they're skinny. Of course they don't have a scale. You know, <laughs> Isn't but, that funny? But you they, go straight to that. Thin people don't have scales. They yeah. don't. They don't have scale. They don't. What do they need a scale for? You know, they don't need it. But or they're one of those people that my other son did this the other day and I caught myself, but he was going to get on my scale. He came to the house and in the middle of the day with all of his clothes on, just eating lunch and his shoes. He did not get on the scale. He did. He did. And it was (laughs) appalling to me. I could not imagine. You can't do that. You have to do it in the morning after you pee, butt naked, take your ring off, your jewelry, (laughs) your hair clip, like everything has to come off if you're going to get on the scale. Isn't that the truth? Yeah, it's it's so funny. I can't imagine. I just, I can't. I find it funny. You said you haven't had a scale and, uh, you know, we just moved to Arizona back in August and, uh, we're rehabbing a house. So we're staying with family, which is why we're a bit discombobulated. We have stuff in storage. We have stuff Mm -hmm. here, but we don't have any of our things. And so I have not had a scale in my possession since August. And it's not like I was attached to the scale, but I would at least go on once or twice a week for accountability, just to make sure everything was where it needed to be. I have a Renfo sure. scale. Yeah. So it measures your body fat and, and your muscle and all that stuff. And I have not had that. Um, I found our cousin's scale about a week ago, like in their Ooh. bedroom and their bathroom, whatever. And I was so, you know, you, you're, you're curious, mm-hmm. right? You're like, I wonder, I feel like I've been doing okay. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I've, I'll be four years out this coming yeah. July. So it's like, so I hopped on and I'm the same weight I was back in August like oh, almost awesome. to the pound. So awesome. I, I feel like, um, we, we but it's scary, to, right? The thought, it's scary. the thought Absolutely. of getting on it and you're five pounds heavier or 10 pounds heavier or even one pound off would freak me out. <laughs> on, well, it's five scary. months, you know, it would, you know, so I was just like, okay. So it kind of put me into perspective because your brain goes into a billion different directions, right? Mm-hmm, of what it could mm-hmm. be, what if I'm 10 pounds heavier, I do feel different because, but again, it, it's, it's, um, your, your brain can play tricks on you. I haven't uh-huh. been to the gym as much as I was before. So mm-hmm. your body composition does start to kind of recomp itself in the opposite direction too. So I feel a bit fluffier, but I'm the same weight on the scale just because, so we, we really do get into our heads sometimes and we kind of create scenarios that aren't really there. So I was lucky to have the scale. I was happy. It was the same weight, but again, a few months with no scale, I was getting a bit like, Okay, I gotta, I gotta see what's going on here. Exactly. And yeah, you're you're getting kind of antsy there wondering, (laughs) I wonder if, holy cow, if I'm up like mine, I've been right around the same weight for like a couple of months, but I've been having some medical issues. So I did make an appointment with Dr. Joe Cribbins because I just, I've been having a lot of like acid reflux and when I eat solid food, I kind of always throw up. Oh, so like I need to have a revision or something. I don't know. I just, did you um, have, I, I, you had the sleeve. Okay. So yeah, I guess, um, GERD, um, and all of that is mm-hmm. a, a possibility after, mm-hmm. did you have it before you had surgery as a reflux? Was it something you battled? No, before you had no, surgery? I was okay. never, I did not even know what indigestion or that burning or mm. anything like that. I've never had any stomach issues. So this is totally new. Oh yeah. And it's just straight out of, you know, whenever I started solid foods, it was anytime I eat solid foods, I just start to, 
it seems like it goes, but if I didn't really run to the doctor, and I think all of us do this, we don't run to the doctor because we feel like, well, it's my fault. Yeah. One, I'm, I'm failing. I'm doing something wrong. I'm chewing too fast. I'm not eating slow enough. I'm not waiting enough time between, you know, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. For drinking. Yep. Yeah. And so I thought it must be me. So I, or I, maybe I'm one of those people that, Hey, I'm supposed to be vegan now. My body doesn't want meat, <laughs> you know, cause I know I can't have dairy. I can't have gluten because I was already that before. So I knew that okay. and I thought, well, maybe my body doesn't want meat anymore. I had no idea what the problem was. It's still there. We Which do that, go through that I mean, kind of what sucks, is it? But... I mean, I think everyone has a, um, I mean, if it's not medical in terms of like, you're having really bad GERD, but we have some uh, intolerances to food um, in terms mm -hmm. of if you, even mm -hmm. if you had gastric bypass or if you had sleeve, like I know chicken and me did not, we had not, not a good friendship for, mm -hmm. for a while. Um, and rice was about two years before I could even eat a grain of rice without immediately going to the bathroom. Um, and you do think it's you, you internalize it, you personalize mm -hmm. it. I'm doing something wrong. Am I eating too fast? All those things you, you mentioned. Um, but there, there is, you know, medically everyone can experience a certain intolerance to a certain food, but it seems mm -hmm. like with you, if it's all dense, you know, all certain, a certain type of food, perhaps mm -hmm. it is something to do with acid reflux to, to be, to be checked out. So you're doing the right thing yeah, by going so to see weird. a doctor. But you know what I can't eat is that American dream nut butter. I can eat, suck on that, get a spoon, <laughs> lick it, lick it, lick I can eat that fine. So anything that's not like yeah. a solid, I have no problems. Like my shakes, profies in the mornings or I don't have problems. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any problem with that. It's just anything that's a meal. And so I, I eat like one meal a day, but the other times I just drink shakes because they're easier and because it hurts my stomach. Yeah. I think you're, you're probably doing the smart thing, talking to a doctor because being five months out, um, you should be kind of moving into the direction of not relying on, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Protein all liquid shakes. protein yeah. supplements mm -hmm, to, for, mm -hmm. for your, for your intake. So I think you're really going the smart route to make sure nothing else is wrong. Right. And we hear yeah. horror stories of people who have esophageal issues with this, that, mm -hmm. or the other, I'm not trying to scare you. It's very rare that those no, happen. I'm totally cool with it because this is not a way to, it's, I exactly. think anybody out there that has issues, definitely check, you know, if, are you eating too fast? Are you not chewing enough? And I, I think a lot the of checklist, half the people out there, that's probably what we do wrong. Cause we all do that. We're used to that mindset before surgery where you get your food, you know, we just inhale food. And yes. so it's really hard to take a step back and think of food as fuel and not go at it because you can't, you can't. And so brain is hard to switch over. It's hard overnight. Mm -hmm. You can't make those changes. It is, it is a process. It's and, hard. Um, yeah. It's you know, hard. the whole it's drinking hard. and eating was hard for me because I always drank with my meals. I think all of us do. It's not something you're taught not to drink, you know, uh, with your food 30 minutes after 30 minutes prior. So that was probably the hardest one for me. And I, and I'm very transparent on my page. I barely follow that rule these days. And I, I'm bad. I was a bad bariatric patient in terms of, of the drinking with the 30 minutes. It never got mm -hmm. me sick. I was very lucky in that respect. Some people get very sick if they sip too soon um, after they eat and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I that's just, a, that's that was a the tough hardest one. thing for me. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. The not drinking is really hard. So I could yeah. see 
we're used to having something to wash it down. It's just, it's inherent in us. There's a lot of things inherent in us with food and drink. I mean, I think we can probably all go back to our childhood about how we ate food, um, the situations with food. It kind of all comes down to uh, how we were raised and, you know, Mm -hmm. those um, Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, I'm not going to say, I guess traditions, but those moments in our life where that's just what all we knew and all we did. And to backtrack and change those habits um, after say 20, 30, 40 years or plus, it's difficult. So people do need to give themselves a little bit of grace. You are trying to rewind a lot of issues and a lot of things that you are so used to and habits and rituals and toxic diet culture, all those things that have been ingrained in you for a very long time. And you just can't change it overnight. So we do have to be a little bit patient with ourselves that we can't change it all right. In in a matter of a a snap of a finger, it just takes time. Put it in perspective. It's like, (laughs) you know, learning, a total new language or because that's what we're doing Pretty we're much. relearning how to eat and how to eat correctly and, and rewiring your brain yeah it's and hard that's, it's tough it's the hardest thing that we have to go through I think is just and some people they just snap right into that position <laughs> and they do great and some of us just struggle and I'm I'm definitely one of those that just it's hard but at least you admit it and you know it that's it's, a good thing. It's there every time I eat. I know. <laughs> like I'll go to the store and even tonight we went to the grocery store and I took a video and I think it's amazing because I'm going through the store and I'm like, everything here is breads and biscuits. And I was just going to ask you that being in Italy, it's, yeah, all carb, it's all, I mean, I'm Italian, so it is all pasta and sauce and bread yes. and butter. How, how were you like, navigating whole rows five months out at a small I mean, grocery store? And there's like two rows of wine, you know? <laughs> yeah. How were uh, you navigating all that being so uh, soon out of surgery? They did have fair life here. Thank oh, God. good. Okay. So it's like in a yellow container, which is, it's like thicker and it's more condensed. It's like in an eight ounce little bottle and it's a 24 protein and it tastes like creamer. It's like really thick and condensed. It's kind of interesting. Gross. Yeah. Okay. So not I as, uh, it, not as no, uh, not, thin as here in the States. No. Yeah. Over there it's like water and it's the vanilla is like white and watery. Oh. No, it's like thick. It doesn't but, sound pleasant. But it's, well, at least you got something. Oh yeah, and it's dairy free, yeah. so thank God for that. Um, oh good. But I put it in my coffee; it's fine. But I was going through the store, and everything. One, I can't read shit because I don't understand. <laughs> but I kind of relied on the pictures and like, what is that? Oh, that's a that's beans. This is beans because <laughs> you can see little beans <laughs> on the picture. You know, gluten in Italian. I think you say it senza s e n z a. Mm. is is wheat is the word wheat because I found a package that said you know without wheat it didn't say gluten-free it just says without wheat over here so I did find something um but yeah there's nothing no gluten-free or vegan section or yeah in Italy probably sugar-free section they have big old cakes containers and people just buy whole cakes you know <laughs> but not like cakes like all those italians buying cakes and carbs god bless yeah it's not like cakes with uh icing and junk on it it's like no it's like panettone cakes. cakes like bread yeah cakes. Yeah. yeah bread mm-hmm. cakes yeah so it was it's kind We're of all interesting about carbs. 
the Italians. We love our carbs. Nothing but carbs in there. So I don't know. I've been drinking a lot of shakes and having like one meal a day. You being so early out and going through this kind of uh, this period will be really good for later on. You're learning a lot um, really mm -hmm. early out and you have to navigate through a really uh, tough situation. And that's all good training, right? For, for futuristically down the road. So if you can get through what you're going through now, you're probably clear sailing in, in a lot of other situations. So it's all for the positive. So this is going to be, it's good for you. I say this is probably really uh, um, tough, but tough love. I mean, everything in the store is still way healthier than in the States. It's, it's not as oh, probably. processed. It's not, you know, there's no soda water in the store. I think they have Coca-Cola. There is no Cokes. There's no 30 different brand of soda waters here. You know, there's, there's one and it's Coca-Cola and that's it. Wow. So totally yeah. different. It's a culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a lot of fruit drinks and amazing foods here. So it's been nice. Good. So let me ask you about how was your surgery for you? Where did you have it? And how did it go? My surgery was July 11th in 2018. And uh, I had it uh, at Northwestern Hospital uh, by Dr. Hungus uh, in Chicago. And uh, the whole process at Northwestern is, I, I always build them up because they're such a great hospital and they pretty much wrote the book on bariatric surgery. The, the, the guy mm -hmm. at the hospital who did my surgery, Dr. Hungus is like the leader of the bariatric program. And um, so they're pretty staunch on following the program. So it's a six month dietary uh, uh, classes that you have to take before you're even able to meet the surgeons um, to pick who you'd like to have your surgery. And then you have to get a psychiatric evaluation and all these things. And then you have to run it through your insurance company. So it's a pretty uh, big process. So I think it was um, fall of 2017, I saw a gastroenterologist at Northwestern and uh, Dr. Kushner, and he put me on a food plan and said, okay, go do this. I want to see you be dedicated to changing your lifestyle with food. Come back. And I hope to see a weight loss on the scale. Uh, it was January of, I think, 18. I came back and I had gained weight. So didn't really follow the program. Uh, I didn't do too well over the holidays. I used all that as an excuse. Oh, it's Christmas. It was Thanksgiving. Uh, mm -hmm. And he was like, no excuse. Tough love. Uh, go back to the drawing board and uh, come back with a weight loss. And we can talk about other things. You know, I first want to see you be dedicated. And uh, I went back to the drawing board and I came back and I had lost about 10 or so pounds. And that is when he suggested the dietary program to kind of prep you for bariatric surgery. Um, and within that program, you have to lose weight. Uh, if you gain weight, you pretty much have to start all over again from the first class. If you go to a doctor and you can get that surgery within 30 days or really quick, that's a red flag. That should <laughs> to me be it is too. a red flag. It's really easy for me to say that because I've already had the surgery. But I think for the people that, want to have the surgery, that should be a huge red flag. We should stop and think, Hey, I need to find a doctor that's more invested in my health and than just trying to get me on the table. Exactly. Or just make money. And there are a lot yes, of programs yeah. out there. And I've talked about this on a few of my lives before too. There's a lot of programs that are so, um, they they have a lot of holes in them and they don't 
really help the patients um, post-operatively either. Um, a lot of programs I've heard from other people who I've talked to, who I, who I follow, they follow me, so on and so forth, um, that they have all this support like to get on the table and then afterwards they're kind of left to the dogs. And that's really unfortunate too. So if you're hunting for a program, if you're out there and kind of doing your, your due diligence and your research, also ask about post-operative care. You know, is there, are there resources for me with the doctors, the nurses, the psychiatric um, team, uh, dietitians, nutritionists, because all of that um, is great pre-op, but post-op is also where you need a lot of help too. And Northwestern really has the whole package in terms of pre, during, and post. Um, and all three are very important to, to help you succeed. Um, it's, it's, it's really important to do your research and make sure that they have your best interest. Yeah, um, that's, awesome. that's awesome. You didn't have any food aversions after surgery, or you didn't have any issues as far as eating or solid foods or anything like that with yours? No, I mean, I had a few little uh, intolerances, like I said, in terms of like chicken, I think a few months out, it was hard for me to um, digest digest chicken and some really mm -hmm. uh, dense proteins. So I stuck to a lot of fish, uh, a lot of salmon, a lot of um, shrimp and things like that. And I couldn't eat rice at all for about two-ish years. But other than that, though, everything else went pretty pretty well. No complaints um, in terms of food, um, digestion, things like that. Uh, my GERD that I did have that was food-induced before surgery went away completely. Um, and I got oh, off all wow. uh, medications, omeprazole. I never took it ever again. And I still almost four years out uh, next year, I have no issues with acid reflux. Yeah, I take the crap out of that stuff. It does me no good. <laughs> like it does not. But we were talking about a revision and- Oh, good. Okay. I don't want to do it again. My question is, so I had BSG, you had RNY. And mm -hmm. I, I met a few ladies with RNY because if you have sleep, you can get a revision to RNY so which one's better, do you think? I mean, of course you think um, it's R&Y because you've got R&Y, but- Well, I mean, know, I'm not like sure about better. I, I think they all have um, their, their positives and their, mm -hmm. and their negatives, right? Um, in terms of like my doctor, when I had asked him, uh, what surgery should I get? He's like, what's your body? I can tell you what I suggest as a medical professional. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he did suggest based on the amount of weight that I had to lose, um, and what I, my goal weight was too, all of those things kind of combined together, my health, my age, you know, they put together kind of the package for you. And he did suggest the, the gold standard, which in his eyes was gastric bypass. It's been around the longest. It has shown, you know, all these facts, you know, he can go through A, B, C, and D with you. Um, and told me the VSG as well. Like this is what can happen if you have VSG, but this can also happen with RMY. So they give you all the information up front and close uh, or up front and personal to you. And um, I thought for me, gastric bypass seemed, I wasn't get the most weight loss out of having RMY mm. um, based on my, the weight that I was at the time. I wanted to lose X amount of pounds. And I think there's like a percentage um, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not going to give out crazy numbers, but yeah, there's yeah, a certain but no, percentage. I've, I've totally heard that, that before. The, the that you can get out of that. each surgery. And mm -hmm. I think the percentage with RMY was a little bit higher. Sure, the risks may have been slightly higher, but surgery, surgery. You yeah. know, um, yeah. you could have complications from 
either one. Um, and I thought, go big or go home. I'm going to be on the table. Uh, and I don't want to go back on the table. I don't want to have to have a revision because my food-induced GERD that I had before surgery could be exacerbated by having vertical sleeve. And it uh, could be worse after. And yeah, then all of a sudden, I'm going through a revision. Horrible. And I didn't want that either. So mm -hmm. there was a, a few things on the table. So for me, the best option was to go with gastric bypass. Um, so I don't want to say it's better. I think for certain people in certain situations, it can be the better option out of the, uh, there's also duodenal switch. I don't know much about DS. There's a lot of people who, I shouldn't say a lot. I probably follow a handful of people who have had it. Um, I don't know much about it. And then there's vertical sleeve and then there's, they don't do lap band anymore, but there's a few surgeries out there one can choose from. So it's pretty much based on, uh, you and your doctor and how you discuss what your, mm -hmm. what your goals are, and what you're better fit for. I took the first doctor that I got referred to because I had a hernia. It was the doctor referral to fix my hernia that did bariatric surgery. And oh. I just, I think we just jump on the first thing. We're like, oh my God, he does that. I need that. I'll take it. <laughs> Give it to me right now. You know, let's do it. You know, and you just don't even, you're so just, I don't want to say desperate, but we are desperate in that moment uh, there's, there's, of our there's life. There's a slight you desperation. Know? You can use yeah. the word desperate. I think a lot of us are at our breaking point and we're mm -hmm. kind of at that. Mm -hmm. um, I call it the last boat to China. And uh, yeah. I, I, I really, at that point, um, before I had surgery, like the day or two before, I, I kind of got quiet with myself and said, this has to work. I, I, there, there is Failing is not an option um, yeah. because if I ever go back to, to this again, I know it's going to kill me. Yeah. I know food will, will win. And my addiction, cause I, I do consider myself a recovering food addict that will, that will win. And, um, you do have that, there is desperation there. And I was desperate to, to change, uh, my life. Um, so yeah, it, it's a, it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. You are mm -hmm. desperate. Absolutely. Do, do you have any food addiction issues now? Like you did before. And if you do, what is the difference now and how do you deal with it compared to before? Um, my food addiction is pretty much under control. I'm not going to call myself, uh, I'm not going to say I won the battle. Like, oh, mm. look at me. Um, it, it is a battle every day. Um, but where I am today in comparison to say four years ago, it is night and day. Um, food and I have a whole different relationship and I can appreciate food uh, for what it is and not just fuel. Um, food is sometimes comfort and food sometimes is memories and it can be attached to a lot of things, but it, it's how we, it's how we deal with that. Right. And I, I think I had to mentally, uh, kind of get to the, the nucleus of my, of my food issues mm. to really heal and to find out why I, why it became an addiction. You know, why did I always turn to food? Why did I do what I did? And, um, I think once I uncovered all those traumatic things, um, which is not easy, nobody wants to revisit their past. Nobody wants to dig deep. Who wants to think back to all these horrible experiences, right? But um, for me, it was necessary to, to move forward and to start anew and to heal the, those wounds and to look at food from a whole different perspective. Um, so while it's an ongoing battle, um, I, I, I do feel at this point in my life, I am the most healed that I've, than I've ever been. And it's, 
it's a beautiful thing. And I, I hope everyone can get to that place with food. Um, I, I really, really do. Cause it's food is fuel. Yes. Uh, but like I said, there is so many more things. Um, food is delicious. It's meant it, it, it is good. It's okay. that food tastes yummy to you. And I think we get into this mindset of, Oh God, food shouldn't taste this good. No food, mm-hmm. food is good, but it's that relationship with it. That really is the, um, is the yeah. issue, you know? So I think once that's kind of fixed, you can then enjoy food for what it is and not abuse it. That's well, the, that's the key is not abusing the food. That sounds like a, a beautiful place that I want to visit one day because, <laughs> you know, before your surgery, you kind of resent food. I, I resented it oh, because yep. it's like, I would get hungry. I would tell myself at night, okay, tomorrow I got to do better. And I'd get up in the morning, I'd have my journals and I'd make, I do all the things right. But when it came to doing it, I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I would not eat good or I binge eat or and it just, I resented food. I hated that. I oh, had, yeah. And I would say that a lot. It's like, I hate food. I hate food. Cause I, I hate was, that I have to eat. Yeah. Yep. It could, because I always ate wrong and I would always get sick because I had so much food allergies and it just never sat well with me and my stomach. And I was overweight and, you know, just, it was such a struggle. And then, but that sounds beautiful. And I hope to get there one day. I think we all want to get to that happy, you know, normal it's, it's, relationship it's, yeah. with food. That it is sweet. possible. It, it does take work. I mean, I'm over three years out, so this doesn't happen yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. it, it took, it took work. It took um, time. It took a lot of, um, a lot of healing and a lot of digging. And, um, and I always promote therapy. You know, I, I say mental health is, is very, very important. Talk to somebody, um, find a resource, uh, get, get to the, get to the nitty gritty of it all. Um, and it, it, cause it, it is possible to, to get to that place. Um, I was like you, I resented food. I hated food. I blamed food, um, for, for all my problems. Um, I hated the fact I liked food. Why did I have to eat so much food? Um, it, it I used to want to get my jaw wired. I thought about, can I catch mono? What can I do to lose all this weight and not have to eat, not have to deal with that, the, what I was abusing that, that addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think food addiction is something that is also not talked about enough. Like, you know, we talk about a lot, all the other addictions, right. And, um, food is something that you need to survive. Um, I'm not putting down other addictions like alcoholism and, and things like that, but Mm -hmm. those are items that your body doesn't need to survive. Um, you need food you know, we deal with our addiction three times a day and two snacks a day. Mm -hmm. You have to face that, that, that you're, you're that arch nemesis, um, on a daily basis. And, uh, I think that's what makes it so difficult is because you have to eat to survive. Mm -hmm. And if you're addicted to it, 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 it's really, it's, it's hard. If it's drugs or alcohol, don't hang around people who are drinking alcohol. Don't go to bars. (laughs) Don't buy it at the store. Don't keep it Uh in your house. Stay away from it. So you're not enticed to drink it. But with food, you're right. It's there. We have to have it in the house. How do you not deal with people who are eating? It's not going to happen. Holidays and birthdays and this and that. And, you know, food trucks. And it's 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 everywhere. It's everywhere around you. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it is the hardest addiction 
no, I shouldn't say that. Someone's coming at me for that. It is, it is an addiction that is, I guess, not discussed enough as a, as a difficult addiction. I'm going to reword that. I think we need to give it a bit more, uh, how do you say, I think it needs to just be talked about a bit more as an addiction, not just as, oh, you like food. Well, we all like food. Who doesn't like food? Um, it's the abuse of the food. So I, I, uh, I just think it needs a bit bigger of a platform. Let's put it that way. It's not as simple as calories in calories out when you're eating 3000 calories a day. I don't give a shit what you do exercise. You're never going to be able to exercise off what you just put in your body that day. I just think it, it's not that simple. You cannot run your fork. I say it all the time. You can't, um, yeah, you're, there you, you, go. you can't act. You I'm can't put exercise. that on the shirt. You can't outrun your fork. <laughs> you Damn, can't outrun good. your fork. I don't, I don't care what you do at the gym. You can go two hours a day, six days a week. You could be killing yourself at the gym with what you're putting in your body. You can never combat it. it it's just, you, you cannot run bad yeah. nutrition. You can't, you it's not going to happen. 90% of your progress, or I don't know what my husband says is, is what you eat, you know, cause we it's can your nutrition. Stand. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. And we can go to the gym and do great and have good workout sessions and eat it all away in 20 minutes after the gym. <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, yeah. You can literally the next day, um, re- I hate saying ruining your progress. Um, cause you don't, it's like a, if you're doing it every day, you're eating like that every single day, you're eating just absolutely over your, you know, your calories. Um, every, even if you're working out every day for two hours, it's, you're, you're not going to see any differences in the gym. It's, you're not, you're what's you're wasting your time is what Mm -hmm. is kind of what Mm -hmm. I'm getting at. Um, why would you want to spend all that time in the gym, a couple hours a day, five days a week, and you're eating, I'm going to say like, like shit to me, it's a waste of time. What is the word you're thinking? Counterproductive. Is that what you're thinking? Counterproductive or there you against go. the principle. There you go. That, that's yeah. a better way to say it. That's a good it, way to yeah. say it. How do you handle, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to tell you a secret, right? <laughs> so he's gone. I have not been to the gym since he left <laughs> I because I left like a week or two later. I mean, I go for a walk. There's like a big park here. There's really, I don't nowhere to go. Like, I'm not going to go to the gym and go exercise because one, he's my trainer and, um, I don't know what to do. I'm not one of those people that knows what to do unless I have somebody to tell me what to do in the gym. I haven't gone and exercised like I was before. So I kind of feeling like crap. I'm not hurting or anything, but I'm just kind of feeling like, Oh yeah, I need to go. You know, that feeling you get when you don't go to the gym. Oh yeah. I, I, I get it. There's a lot of guilt there. Yeah, I have you a just, lot of guilt not hitting the gym. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just don't feel good. I haven't gone since he left and it's just, how do you handle going to the gym and exercising, especially like maybe a year out or six months out, you know, people start to exercise like after their surgery. And when you go to the gym and you lift weights and you're doing CrossFit or whatever, man, you are so freaking hungry. <laughs> I am so hungry after the gym. I want to just devour something, you know, and I can't because of my surgery and the restriction. He just has this drink of shake afterwards. You maybe put some avocado oil in it or something, just something to kind of satiate us. And so we're not that ravenous hunger feeling that you get after the gym. How do you deal with that? Um, You know, before I go to the gym, I make sure a couple hours before that I eat something that is, 
um, very macro friendly to, to mm. what I'm doing. Meaning I, I have a certain amount of fat that I have in that breakfast. I have a certain amount of carbs that I, I know that I can, uh, that's going to help me get through that workout. And I know some people can't eat before they work out. Um, I have to have something in my system or I just don't have a very good workout. So mm. you learn what your body requires over the course of time. Uh, it, doing so helps me not be as ravenous after my workout, but I still am hungry. I think a lot of people are hungry after, after they're done with a, a, a tough session. So I do eat protein pretty uh, soon after I'm a protein snack, let's say after mm. I'm out of the gym, whether that be, um, a chomps turkey jerky stick, or it's a, uh, eat me guilt-free protein brownie, or it's a protein shake. It's something mm -hmm. after I leave the gym, I'm in my car in route home to kind of suffice me until my next meal. Um, which is usually since I work out in the mid morning, a late lunch. So it, I do try to eat before a little something after just to keep me, um, not ravenous. Uh, I, I just don't like, cause you make bad decisions too. When you're ravenous, we, we all oh, know that, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. so hungry. You'll eat anything. You Holy know, but you're so, yeah. 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 It's not even funny. He'll have like, a um, body armor that would really help until I got home to get a protein. Well, that's shake. good. And you don't yeah. dump from sugar. Correct. I know some people with the sleeve don't dump or get from sugar. No, I did when I was like a month, like several weeks out or a month out, but that stopped. Thank God. That was horrible. That was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause I know I don't do that sugar. Okay. It's so fascinating to me, the difference in, uh, surgeries and dumping and mm -hmm. sugar and, um, how you have it in the beginning, then you don't have it. Some people always have it. And I stayed away from all my trigger foods for about a year. Um, I'm talking, mm. you know, the, the, the cookies, the, the carbs, the, uh, I was oh, so okay. afraid that I was going to eat it and I was going to die. I was going to eat it. I was in a dump. And I just, maybe that fear mm. was a good thing. I don't know. So it took me a while to muster up the, um, I guess the, the balls to, to, to dive in to yeah. it. Um, and of course I still, like I said, I still dump from liquid sugar these days. I can't have a Frappuccino. I can't have ice cream. I can't have anything in liquid oh, yeah. sugar yeah. form or yeah. in 20 or 30 minutes. I'm, I'm flatlined. Uh, I can have a cookie. I can have a pastry. Oh, it can have a piece of cake, but I can't have anything in liquid sugar form. I just get very, Oh, okay. Uh, no, I sick. got you. I mean, the gluten-free, I can't have cookies or crackers or, okay. Um, it makes you sick. Anything like that. I can't have dairy, so I can't eat all that stuff. It just, uh, whipped cream. Okay. I would have loved before surgery, you know, what my go-to, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you, my sister made fun of me because this is what I would get at Starbucks. I would go up to the window and I already had that shit memorized. I would say, well, <laughs> and I get a grande caramel frappuccino with extra, extra whip and extra, extra caramel drizzle. Caramel. And can, yep. can you put it in a venti cup for the extra whip and caramel drizzle? <laughs> so I would get even more whip. I would drink that whole thing and I would literally get that straw and scoop it out. Like, Oh, it was so good. It was so good. But oh, no, yeah. I can't oh. do that now. And you know what? I was dairy free then, but I didn't give a shit. I would still get you, it because it you was wouldn't just, even care if it made you sick. You didn't even no, care. You wanted it so bad. Cause then it would make my stomach hurt. And then I'd maybe get diarrhea, but it was worth it. It was okay. It was, isn't that crazy? Oh, I'm sick, but I'm, it's worth it. Right. Yeah. You it think was worth back it. And you go, wow. 
it's that's crazy. Yeah, that it's crazy. crazy. But we all, yeah, and we, we do all it have anyway. Those, those orders, you know. I know or, we do it anyway. Or those right. times you, I know I would, I would binge eat and I would eat and eat and eat till it literally hurt and I would feel horrible afterwards. But and I would hate myself, but I would still do it the next day. So You'd still do it. It yeah, yeah, it's a horrible thing there. But now I can't have a frappuccino. I can't have that same mentality because this dumpy feeling and this sickness that the pain that it causes is a million times worse than just a regular, uh, hey, I'm lactose intolerant. So, and you don't want to um, do it that. So you're like, you know no, what? I'm just going to mm-hmm. stay away. I don't want to deal with that. So I guess it's a good hand it's slap. It's not worth it. It's right? not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it. Mm-mm, it's not. So now when I go to Starbucks, I get a venti dopio decaffeinated with a scoop of ice not even a half a cup of ice because they load the freaking ice and then you don't have room to put your protein shake and the ice melts and it, you know, we can't drink it fast enough. I tell them just an easy ice or a scoop of ice. And then I just get the Fairlife vanilla and I pour it in there. Holy shit. It is delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Not wrong. Hey, you found, you found your go-to, you found your thing that you you like, and uh, that's, that's a good thing. And it's Mm -hmm. a lot healthier than what you were doing before. By oh, a, I know. By yeah. a landslide. Girl, I could tell you, st- I'm sure we all have food stories and we could tell you stories how <laughs> horrible I, I did. Like I, I had a total food addiction and binging problem. And right now me throwing up a little bit, it's, that's still, that's not shit compared to what I've put my body through and myself through before. At least now I know I can go to the doctor. I can, Hey, put it on your file. And I'll come back in a month, put it on your file again. And if we can't fix it, then I need to get a revision. That's an easy fix, I think. Yeah, you're you're doing you're doing um you're doing what you have to do. You're taking mm-hmm. the 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 measures that you have to take to get whatever is going on taken care of. So I I commend sure. you for that. You know something's up and you're gonna get it checked out. So I think we all need to do that, right? We do our checklist of okay, am I eating slow enough? Am I doing this, that, or the other? And if it's not working, I got to talk to my doctor, you know, because mm-hmm. something is not right. Cause it could not just be you. It could not be user error. It could be something medical. And we all need to make sure we're checking those things out for sure. I'd like to end the podcast with what advice do you have for somebody who's pre-op or somebody struggling or somebody looking to have bariatric surgery or just had it? Um, you know, that's a hard question, but uh, it, it's the first thing that came to my mind was focus on you. You know, I think in a world of social media, podcasts, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all these things, and we see, you know, inspiring things are wonderful and it's one thing to be inspired. Um, but the other thing is we kind of get caught up in this comparison world um, that this person lost more than I did. I must be failing. This person looks better than me. I'm not good enough. Um, oh, they're eating pasta three weeks out. I should be doing the same thing. And I, I think my biggest piece of advice would be to focus on yourself, on your journey as much as you can. Be inspired all you want, but really listen to your your surgeon, your program. Um, it is uh, it, that program that you're on is pretty much for you and only you. And I, that's what I did. And I think part of my success was I didn't let other things, um, kind of 
uh, I'm not going to say ruin, but uh, take over. Let, let's let's use that instead. Um, and I really focused on my part of the journey. And that's my biggest piece of advice is to really be inspired as much as you want to, but just don't follow, don't follow the leader, be your own leader on your own, on your own path. Um, Cause I think that's the most important thing is it's for you and you're doing it for you. Why let anybody else um, kind of direct you that that's to me, that's like, I don't know. Don't, I don't know. I, maybe I'm talking in circles, but that's my biggest piece of advice I would say is to, is to follow your plan. Yeah, it's definitely your journey. It is kind of like being at the gym and we're doing Natalie day, you know, CrossFit, they're all named after some person. It's like Natalie or Jennifer, today's Jennifer and we do her set. And I hate that Jennifer at the end of it. I'm like, God, it was horrible. It was so hard, <laughs> but my husband, he times it. I'm like, well, what is my time? He's telling me. And I was like, well, what is your time? And he'll say, it's not against you and me. You're, it's against yourself. So the next time we do this, you just need to try to beat your time. It's your challenge. Great advice, I think. Not about everybody else. It's about all of our bodies are different. All of our they journeys are. are different. We start at a different place. If I told somebody right. right now, hey, I weigh 147 pounds. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, wow. You're great. You're done. But I'm only 4'11", so I could I yeah. still need to lose 20 more people pounds. For, you know what? Yeah. You hit it. People forget that. Different, different sizes, different heights. We're at different mm-hmm. weights when we start. And some people lose faster than others. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's metabolism. It's age. It's all these different mm-hmm. factors. And, yeah. you know, on Instagram, not putting down social media. I think social media is amazing. I mean, I've met so many wonderful, beautiful people that I've connected with. But we, we do, we can, I should say, allow ourselves to get wrapped up in that comparison game, right? Like, oh my God, um, they've, they're only six months out. I'm six months out. Why don't I look like that? Or mm-hmm. you, you don't know about genetic makeup either. DNA, how, you know, how someone's mm-hmm. actually built. Um, I, I don't have as much loose skin as someone else and someone else has better elasticity than I do. Who's 25. Um, yeah, so I, you, this... you really have to put it into perspective mm-hmm. and not let that mm-hmm. infiltrate or harm your progress. I think people let it get to them so deeply that it can really kind of halt where they're at. And Mm -hmm. I would hate that to happen on such a um, a magnificent uh, path that you're on to let something like that ruin it for you. So just Mm -hmm. kind of keep that Instagram stuff where it needs to be in terms of inspiring and and fun, but don't let it ruin. Because if anything is harming you or you're you're finding yourself scrolling and you're angry, it's time to take a step back, that it's not good for your mental health. So always keep that in check. That's Always. right. That's good. That's good advice. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And I, I thank you for doing this short notice. I came here and <laughs> I didn't bring my other computer. So I had no episodes. <laughs> so it was like, oh shit. I was hey, supposed to drop day. an episode this week and I, it's already Friday and I was supposed to do it Wednesday <laughs> and I'm behind. So thank that's you for okay. doing so, this short yeah. notice. This was great to talk to you and I'm happy to, to have done this today. This is great. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Have a great day and enjoy Italy. Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast. And check us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com 
forward slash Fairy Diaries for more exclusive content, deep dives, and info on upcoming events. Don't forget, follow us on social media. See you there.